Good evening and welcome to Italian Impact Weekly. Coming to you from Robert Morris University, I'm your host Steve Stefano Mancini. And I'm Claudio Relsano. Thank you for tuning in to the Italian Weekly Impact Weekly. Let's start over. <laughs> no. no, you keep Joe going. Joe threw me off. I'm good. Everything's good. Italian Impact Weekly. Thanks, Claudio. Thanks for getting your. I came up with the name and I screwed it up. (laughs) It's only been a couple of months, but hey, that's okay. Um, No, I want to thank all of our listeners tonight again. We got a really special (laughs) guest. I'm really excited to talk to Pete here in a little bit. Um, uh, Documentary Il Messaggero. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But Claudio, right before we came on the air, you were telling me how was your baseball weekend? We had a tough week. We (laughs) lost a doubleheader in the in the cold, which made it even worse. But uh, I have a good group and. We're not going to make the playoffs this year, yeah. but uh, we're kind Too of... Too late? That you, like, yeah, yeah we're, okay. it's it's not going to happen this year, but um, we'll uh, work for the fall. We have a lot of things to overcome. We really do, and um, it, that's just the way it is. You know, we don't have a practice facility. We, we don't have cars to go to a practice facility. Um, <clears throat> it's uh, I'm probably the highest paid coach in the country. I get paid by the game, you know, <laughs> but uh, I have a good group, and we'll just... Uh, Start it up again in the fall. I know this is a cheesy cliche, but you know what? At the end of the day, they're not million-dollar athletes. They're student athletes. They should be enjoying yeah. it. Yes, they want to win. Yeah. Who do- I, I hate people that say, oh, just help you have participate. Like, everybody wants to win. Right. You know, we want to win. You don't win, it stinks, but at least, you know. And I'll tell you something future. real quick, too, and I told some of the players this, and I'm going to tell them the entire team in the fall. Wherever I go for a speaking engagement, a guest on the show, uh, whatever – the, the thing that gets the most pop is being head baseball coach at Carnegie Mellon University. Not the fact that I'm a pro baseball scout for, a, in my opinion, the best scouting company out there, the Global Scouting Bureau. The shows that I do, this show, Italian Impact Weekly. Thank you. Uh, my show, The Boxing Authorities. Yes, they, but CMU Baseball, I said, you guys are important. And, uh, and we get more publicity around town than, in my opinion, anyway. You don't hear too much about the other college programs and that's no knock on anybody i have a little bit of an advantage on that but um we just had a tough season and and uh, we started off good and it just kind of tailed off remember i coached hockey for probably 20 years and believe me there's some seasons you're like oh oh, god but i tell you what some of those seasons uh, you know i hate this but if you're going to coach you're going to have a bad season oh yeah and as long as you get something out of that so that the next season, at least it's not the same mistakes. If it's yeah. if we're gonna, we learn we got to do this, we got to do that. Just get something out of it. That's yeah. always, that's that's your moral win. But um, but anyways, um, but yeah, we, as always, we want to thank our listeners. We and we have listeners from all over the world tuning in on khbradio.com. Thank you very much. Obviously, thank you to our local Pittsburgh uh, listeners. And as always, we could not do this show without our sponsors. And a couple of sponsors I want to thank again: Greater Pittsburgh uh, Travel. Thanks, Tom. Uh, again, planning my vacation, Tom. I cannot stress this enough. I am so ready for a vacation. And obviously I want to thank Domenica and the folks at the Calabria Club of Pittsburgh. And I want to thank Angela at La Scuola d'Italia Galileo Galilei, the only nonprofit school here in Pittsburgh. Don't let the others fool you. There is only one nonprofit school in Hope Air Pittsburgh. La Scuola d'Italia Galileo Galilei. And we have a title sponsor coming up soon too. And, and We're fant- looking forward to fantastico. That. Um, yeah. And no, don't forget great. about Joe Hale. Can't forget about Joe Hale, <laughs> my boy. There he is. Who there threw, it is. He, th- he threw me off a little bit at the beginning. That's why I, I met stuff no fantastic um, but anyways we got a wonderful guest tonight pete ferraro is going to join us and uh, he's going to talk about his uh documentary uh pete are you there yeah hey guys what's right. going on pete 
Hey, not much. Thanks for having me on. Right. We were going to play the turn the radio joke now, but we decided not to. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, again, thanks, Pete, for joining us. And uh, for our listeners, um, so Pete is an award-winning uh, producer, director, writer. Uh, I know at least for Il Messaggero. Um, again, we're very proudly sponsoring that. I know you've got the uh, air yeah. coming up here in a few days uh, really quickly. Now, but we're going to do this a couple of times because I'm going to tell you before we even – I even asked this question. I just want to say I watched the documentary, and I really enjoyed it. And I'm not just saying that, Pete. I watched it. I watched the regular cut. You actually have the DVD has a regular cut and a, and a, and a director's cut. So I watched the regular cut, and uh, I actually enjoyed it. And um, a couple of things we're going to talk about that. But really quickly, before I forget, because I'll probably forget later, because we'll be bantering for almost an hour, um, that's going to be on a few days. What channel and what time? Yeah, it's going to be on Saturday. Uh at 11 a.m. on WPNT, The Point, Channel 22. Okay, we're gonna and we're gonna remind everybody again before the show's over, and we're gonna put that on the website tonight um, so that everybody can go out there and check it out. Oh, Claudia, I almost forgot. What's that website again? ItalianImpactWeekly.com. It's something about Claudio's <laughs> sultry voice that just makes me want to click on the link. But anyways, <laughs> all right, Pete. Well, again, thank you again for joining us. And um, you know, before yeah. we jump into the documentary, one of the things we always like to do is kind of. Um, you know, get to learn, you know, who you are as a person. Now, I know that uh, I can get some of that from the documentary, but before then, let's talk a little bit about who's Pete Ferraro. Ah, so, uh, yeah, I uh, grew up in Sharpsburg. I am first-generation American. My parents are from Italy, from the Calabria region, San Pietro and Guarano, a little town there on the, on the hillside, beautiful little town. Uh and it's, uh, it, it's, I guess, if you can call it a suburb, it's, it's, uh, it's you know, a suburb of Cosenza. You know, it, there's really no suburbs. But, you know, to Americanize the, uh, the vocabulary, that's what I would say. It's just a little town out of Cosenza, which a lot of people may have heard of. So, um, and, yeah, I grew up in Sharpsburg. Uh, my parents moved to uh, here in the U.S. in 66. And then I was born, so I just missed being born over there. My older brother was actually born in Italy. My younger brother was also born here in America. And, uh, yeah, I've been working in TV uh, for 32 long years. Uh, recently started doing some, uh, you know, documentary. I, I, I kind of wet my feet uh, in, in documentary work in the past, but th- we had an, I had an opportunity to do this, uh, you know, tell this story as a documentary and um I was fortunate enough to uh, get a grant for it, so uh, I went and did it. And um, you know, I, I, I really love storytelling, so this was something. Uh, this was the story I really wanted to tell. I've always wanted to tell it, so this was a great opportunity for me to do so. And uh, just had so much support from the Italian American community in Pittsburgh and 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 all over the place. And um, yeah, the film's been seen uh, in Italy. It's uh, got some premiere. I got a premiere coming up in New York. Uh, another one, a couple in Pittsburgh. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, I'm just, it just, uh, you know, uh, spending a lot of time, uh, promoting our culture through this film. And it's been a lot of fun. A couple of things, Pete, number one, uh, have you been over there? And number two, what made you, what motivated you, what inspired you to do this project? Um, so the first, uh, answer is yeah, but it's been a while. <laughs> I was there when I, as a kid. What year? Because uh, I was there in May of 80. Uh, 75. Okay. Summer of 75. Spent the whole summer there, actually. Um, 
So it was a great, incredible experience, and I need to get back. And I know it's been too long, but uh, I want to do that, and I want to bring my family. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, so half my uh, half my family's still there, you know. Everyone on my mom's side uh, is still there. They never really came over. Uh, my dad's side came over. So, um, And that's all covered in, in the film as we lead up to, uh, you know, the special thing that my dad did in, in the film. But um, so uh, what was the second question? <laughs> What made you do, what motivated you to do this project? So um, years ago, my dad told me about the special thing that he had done. And I just thought it was a really cool idea. And I was like, this has got like film written all over. I mean, this is something, you know, that uh, I I could see on a big screen. It's the story just writes itself. Um, And so, uh, you know, I was like, oh, someday I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And, you know, keep saying someday. And then then it keeps (laughs) getting pushed off. Well, I had the opportunity when the um, Russo brothers, they do this thing every year called the uh, Russo Brothers Film Forum. And the Russo brothers are Italian-Americans. Uh, they grew up in Cleveland. Um, and they're, uh, I mean, you've probably heard of their films. Uh, they, they've directed some of the Marvel films, you know, and uh, Winter Soldier and, you know, all these superhero films. Right. And um, so every year they do it. And uh, they, along with the ISDA, um, uh, the Italian Sons and Daughters of America, they're based right there in Pittsburgh, and um, the National Italian American Foundation. They hold a uh, competition. Uh, they pick, um, you pitch them your story, and they, you know, they pick eight stories um, that they that they fund, and then you go and do your thing, and you have five months to do it, and that was the big challenging part, but talk about motivation that's really what you know kicked me in the butt and made me do it and you know and um so i'm really thankful for that it was uh you know normally i would i would have taken a year or two at least but it was like no you got you know everybody's got five months to do this you know uh and so i put my team together and we went and did it in five months and uh put out a pretty good you know for a lim- very limited budget uh you know and very limited time uh, you know, it's been getting some good uh, exposure. It was on WQED last mm-hmm. uh, October for the uh, uh, Italian American Heritage Month. Uh, it aired on October 1st. And like I said, it's going to be airing again this Saturday on uh, Channel 22. So that was my motivation. It was just to tell the story that my sure. dad had told me a long time ago. And, 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 you know, and, and I had a lot of the material that he um, left us and uh, dug them up and, and made a film out of it. Now, you said usually it takes you a year or two. This took you five months. Will your next projects or next project, will you box it in and keep it to five months or go back to your original one to two years? Um, you know, I, it, I, it really depends on the project. Uh, some projects take longer, you know. I mean, with travel, funding is a big thing. You know, funding with filmmakers uh, you know, can take years. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I have friends that have taken 10 years to produce a, you know, a documentary. You, you just got to stop, get the funding, continue on, you know, uh, you know, find the people that are going to be the best people to interview and, and dig up uh, research and information. You know, so it really just depends. Uh, uh, this worked out nicely because, you know, I knew everybody in the film, you know, they were all pretty much contained, uh, in Pittsburgh and, uh, and then I had a lot of resources that I could draw on to make the film. So came to the, together quickly. I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, you know, uh, I just, I, you know, it, my my early uh, earliest thought back when my dad was telling me this story, what he did was, you know, I thought, man, this would be a great feature film. And, you know, so 
But when the opportunity presented itself, I wasn't going to turn it away. You know, it, it just the budget wasn't big enough, and I didn't have enough time to put actors together, and scenery, and costumes, and all that, and try to replicate an era, you know, a period piece mm-hmm. from the 1960s. So uh, I just told the story as best I could with archival footage and uh, everything I had available to me. So, uh, but yeah, I, it really just depends. I, like I said, I, I, I would probably take more time, you know, if I could, uh, if I had that luxury, I'd definitely take more time to do it. Right. Now I want to, I want to <clears throat> kind of jump in a little bit to the documentary. There were some things that you said in there that I were just, I really loved it. In fact, when we, when we started this program, one of the things Claudia and I talk about, you know, is the fact that we want to, you know, yeah, it's kind of like we're trying to focus on business and kind of, you know, providing good information and yet somehow finding a way to entertain. But, we'll, you know, we have other topics on the show, obviously. But mm-hmm. one of the things that I've been kind of passionate about, and that's why we brought people like um, like Angela from La Squala on or Domenica from Calabria Club, is, mm-hmm. you know, we're trying to not lose that linkage between, you know, the newer generations and the younger generations. And you said something about, you know, how you're capturizing or capturing history or memorializing it. And I'm just kind of get your thoughts on that um, because I, I I was absolutely almost flabbergasted when I was listening to these people. It was like voices from the past. I don't know these people, but mm-hmm. there's just something about hearing these voices from the past talking, especially when mm-hmm. you played a couple of them with people. So oh, that was your that was my grandfather or that was my grandmother, and I was like, I, I could just imagine <laughs> that feeling. How, how did the folks when they were hearing that like? There's some of these. I know the one I, I forgot the guy worked in the fire department. You know, I think it was the first time he heard mm-hmm. his grandfather. I mean. How did they, how did they mm-hmm. feel about that? Like, what did that? How, how was that experience being with them? Um, it was it was touching, you know. I mean, I, I you know they were just very uh, generous. All the, all the people in my film, uh, you know, to uh, give me their time, and and I really didn't know much about it. I just told them I was I was making a you know a film about you know our heritage and our parents and grandparents and where they came from and how they came to america and that was really about all i told them you know i mean we all came from san pietro and guarano it's you know and i get into that in the film it's like this enclave that they created in sharpsburg aspenwall and that whole area but you know so um you know i i I just uh didn't spill the beans you know what i mean so i wanted their authentic uh, you know, reaction, and I, and you know, and, and if they became emotional, then I would just you know go with it, and and, and some of them did, you know, and because they were hearing people that they hadn't heard for many many years that had passed away decades and decades ago, you know, their grandparents or you know uh, mother in law, and you know and they, they were speaking directly to them or about them, and uh, it was just amazing, you know, to 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 get that and. Um, so everything you see on on screen is authentic. I mean, you know, they they had no idea that I was going to play this tape for them. I mean, like I said, they just thought I wanted to get some background information about their family and and coming to America. And then I pull out you know, this recording and I and I'm playing, you know, their grandparents' voices, uh, which Lou, you mentioned the um, fire chief from Sharpsburg hadn't, you know, heard from his. Uh, grandparents since uh, the 80s you know and 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 then he was just you know listening to them speaking directly to him you know and um so it was just uh it was just a great uh you know a great moment uh to be in that presence you know but but also you know we capturing it on uh on films uh, i think uh and that that happens at the end and i i think that's the best my that's my favorite part of the film actually so 
Well, uh, yeah. Well, I think what was interesting too is you know you, you also mentioned how everybody has a story, and and, and very quickly because again the interview is for you, not for me. So, but I want to tell you a little funny story here. Um, mm-hmm. A few years ago, shortly after my grandmother died, I just kind of got this inch to to study Italian, and so I started learning Italian. And by coincidence, one time I was listening to the radio. And I heard this Italian radio show on that I didn't know anything about. And I said, yeah, I think that guy's speaking Italian. What well, turned out to be Sal, the guy you're interviewing. And so, you yeah. know, you talk about that, that full circle of things, how they come back. And, you know, that was, that was the reason a couple of years ago, or about a year and a half ago, I started another radio program. I, I did it for a couple of months and I, and I stepped away. Um, but it was because of that influence. So those people probably have no idea the influence they had on people. And, and you know, when you were playing those those audio tapes, I was thinking, man, what I wouldn't do to hear relatives that are gone's voice. So, I mean, I, I just thought it was yeah. was incredible. But but like you said, when you said everybody has a story, I, I don't I don't think people really appreciate that. You know, the, the, first of all, we, Claudia and I have talked about this a bunch of times, the sacrifice that any immigrant makes to come here, especially the ones coming from poor areas. They are walking yeah. away. They have no idea where they're going. They have nothing in their pockets, and they're going to show up, and somehow they're going to make it work. Now, these people are kind of lucky in this regard. They were able, and you can talk about this one, mm-hmm. is they were able to at least settle in an area with pretty much everybody from the same town, and, and that was not uncommon back then. So can you talk a little bit about that to the audience? How, you know, These people are came from San Pietro, and they end up mm-hmm. going into Sharpsburg, and you said that at one point these people had lived in the same town in Italy, and then they moved to America, and they're literally on the same street, or sorry, the same street in Italy, and on the same street mm-hmm. in uh, in America. So your your thoughts on that? I thought that was kind of funny, though. Oh yeah, I mean uh, that's exactly what happened. You know, um, everybody, and this came up several times. Everyone said it. Everyone helped each other. You know, so if if people came early on, you know, they would send back you know word that hey. This area, you know, there's a lot of Italians or from Calabria, you know, there's good jobs. We can help you get a job, you know, and, 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 you know, they did. They helped my dad get his first job. My dad, in turn, helped get other immigrants their first jobs, you know. And uh, so they created this basis, you know, where everybody just kind of helped each other. And is this, these, they could draw on those resources, you know, and, and, um, and, and it really, I mean, literally – you know, lived on the same streets, uh, you know, across from each other as they did in San Pietro, you know, and and it, it, it's just uh, amazing. I mean, you know, they, they just, uh, like I said in the film, it, it's, you know, replicating, you know, their, uh, their existence on a new continent, a new country, and, you know, and uh, so it was really something special. I mean, I, you know, just I, I've never heard of that, you know, and, and but I growing up, I mean, it was like, oh, you just I took it for granted. We all took it for granted. Like my friends, their their parents came from San Pietro, you know, well, actually, when I visited in uh, as a kid in 75, um, I had a friend uh, who lived one block over in Sharpsburg. And, uh, you know, she was visiting her relatives that summer. And so, you know, we were we were friends in, in Sharpsburg, and then when we went to Italy for the summer, we were hanging out together there. You know, it was just so weird because, you know, it was like, oh, you know, we're, we're friends in Sharpsburg, and we're friends here, so let's hang out. And, um, it, it's just like, you know, but you think about it now, and it's just like, you know, that, that just doesn't happen anymore, you know, and it's just one of those very unique little um you know things that uh that, that uh, we can draw on as a memory and and just is, is something special pete a very good friend of mine who's a former champion boxer 
wrote an autobiography. And he had a difficult growing up. Um, and even a little bit later, it was difficult. But anyway, his mom kind of reread the book and she said, I don't want this in there. I don't want that in there. I don't want this mm -hmm. person mentioned. I don't want. Did you face anything like that with your story? Um, no, not really. You know, um, I was out to tell a particular story. It's, it's not a biography uh, on any one person. I mean, obviously the story is about something that my dad did, but the, the bigger picture is, you know, this uh, community of Italian Americans and, and, you know, Italians left behind in Italy. Um, so we, uh, I, I can't really say that there was anything that, uh, you know, we excluded purposely. I mean, it, it was, uh, it was just, you know, we just told the story as, as best I could and, um, you know, and, and really just let, let the people, let the voices from 50 years ago tell the story. So, sure. and, and in case your listeners, you know, aren't, aren't sure, uh, what I'm talking about is, so before my dad came over to America, he had a reel-to-reel -reel audio re uh, recorder, a uh, tape recorder, and he went around to as many people as he could and recorded their messages uh, for um, their relatives and friends here in America. Mm -hmm. So he went around door-to-door, uh, -door, you know, and in some cases they would have get-togethers and, uh, and then, of course, family members and you know, and they just said, hey, you know, here's a microphone, the tape is rolling, what do you want to say to your kids in Italy, you know, or your uh, cousins, you know, or your brother or sister, and, you know, they just talked, he just let them talk, you know, and, and, uh, and they all gave their little bits of stories, I mean, he didn't have a lot of tape, I mean, he, you know, he had to kind of keep it pretty, pretty short, so they didn't go into the long, you know, um, messages, they were just pretty, pretty short, and um, and, but they would tell about, you know, different, different things going on in their lives. And so you're hearing, you know, their, their voices, uh, in, in their stories about what, what's happening. And there's some funny ones. There's some kind of like, Hey, you know, I'm just, I'm moving to get a job or work, you know, and then there's some very sad ones, um, that we hear, you know, and, uh, you know, that was just, um, that was just, it was a very unique way of communicating, you know, it, it wasn't done, wasn't done often. Uh, but, you know, my dad, knowing that he was coming over, he wanted to do this for uh, for people here in, in the Pittsburgh area uh, and just bring word from from Italy. You know, um, telephones weren't really a thing. I mean, you know, if you were lucky, you might speak to your relatives, uh, you know, once or twice a year on Christmas and Easter. <laughs> right. um, and, uh, you know, other than that, it was letters. You know, everybody wrote letters and, and we get into that and I talk to people about that what was it like and you know and uh but so to hear to actually hear the emotion actually hear the people's voices you know actually hear you know um you know the excitement or the sorrow in their voices the joy you know the happiness uh all these different emotions um was, was something really uh really special um so i got those tapes and uh you know like i said i had the opportunity to make this um this film and uh, I'm just so glad it, it, it uh, you know, I've had so much uh, support, you know, f for it. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to get it out there um, in different uh, ways, you know, so that as many people, especially in the Pittsburgh area, can see it as possible. So. Sure. Pete, before we go to commercial, yeah. real quick question. About how many hours of total footage, or I said footage, how, how many total hours of audio do you actually have? Um, probably... It, uh, 
it's hard to say. It was like about because some of it is family, you know. So if we including some of the family stuff, uh, might have been uh, six to eight hours straight of you know people talking. Um, you know, some of it is just just rambling, you know. Uh, and uh, you know, so I tried to you know, it's an hour film, so uh, I could have gone i could have made it two hours you know uh but uh, i tried to uh find the most interesting stuff now about about how many how over how many year time frame or how, how over how well how long was the time frame of all the recordings oh uh, they were all done pretty much in a in a you know small window okay. of time uh now some of the family stuff yeah, I I know there was a difference between the house. family and then the stuff that he actually did in the town yeah, and the reason uh, the reason they my dad even got the idea was because they were doing this with, you know right. between the families you know sending tape back and forth and he's like hey why can't I do this do, you know for others you know so that's what he did. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but for those of you who just joined us, we're with Pete Ferrara, award-winning director, writer, and uh, producer of El Messagero. It's going to be airing in a couple of days here in Pittsburgh. We'll give you the information on that, but in the meantime, Claudio, let's pay the bills. The Italian American Sports Hall of Fame banquet will be Wednesday, August 2nd at the Lamont Restaurant on Mount Washington. If you want to become a member or come to the banquet, please send in, send your questions and uh, your interest to questions at italianimpactweekly.com. Don't forget about my book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field and in the Office. You can get that at my website at claudiorelsano.com, as well as listen to my show, Claudio Relsano Show, where I've interviewed such great legends as Mario Andretti, Vince Ferragamo, Dick Vermeule, Vince Papali, Ken Griffey Sr., Rocky Blyer, Jim Rooker, Al Oliver, a bunch of great guys. Our boxing show, TV boxing show, The Boxing Authorities on Channel Box. Click on the WBC Live link with Luther Dupree Jr., Smokin' Jim Frazier, and myself. My other podcast, Pennsylvania Basketball Coaches Association podcast. Please go to pa-bca.org. And uh, don't forget to tune into our website, italianimpactweekly.com, if you miss our show. And also, May 4th, Mario Andretti will be a guest. Uh, the legendary, iconic Mario Andretti, great guy. I know it's going to be a great interview. And then the week after, May 11th, will be former L.A. Rams quarterback. He took him to the Super Bowl in 1979 against the Steelers, Vince Ferragamo. So uh, we have a lot of great shows coming up. Fantastic. And as always, we want to thank Greater Pittsburgh Travel. Again, thank you, Tom. And Dominica and the folks at the Calabria Club of Pittsburgh, thank you as well. I'm Paul Martino with news about the best qualified candidate for Pittsburgh City Controller, Mark DePasquale. From a family that's been in public service for three generations, DePasquale's no newbie. His vast local government experience has provided taxpayers with accountability, transparency, and integrity. The city controller's position is vital. You want a leader like Mark DePasquale at the helm. I'm Mark DePasquale, and it would be an honor to earn your vote. Paid for by DePasquale for city controller. All right, I want to welcome back. And again, for those that are just joining us, we have Pete Ferraro, uh, award-winning writer, director, producer of El Messaggero. Pete, again, thank you very much for joining us. We do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule because I know you're busy, especially with the show going to be airing here in a couple days in Pittsburgh. And again, we're very proud to sponsor it. I watched it. I like it. I think it's fantastic. And the good news, mm -hmm. there was at least one person on there who I knew. So I was like, all right, I'm good with this. So I like it. <laughs> but, I, but I want to talk about something because what was something was interesting was, and we were kind of just started to touch on this before the show, was I, you know, and I speak a little Italian. So I'm listening to these people speak and I'm going, I don't have a clue what they're saying. And, you know, and this is one of those things. About, and by the way, on a fun fact, Part of my genealogy, my grandmother's side was all from Calabria, and they're from a little town 
called Mandatoricio, which is not too far from the um, uh, the beach, but it's in the Provincia di Cosenza. So probably about maybe uh-huh. 45 minutes from where you're at. And I've actually went there last yeah. year. And again, to your point, for the first time, I actually met these people. Um, in, my, in my case, they weren't voices from the past so much as it was unknown memories, as I'll call it, from the past. And you're meeting people that you had no idea existed. You know, and it, it's just, again, I love the fact that what you've captured because you've captured history that you cannot get that back. And, you know, but I want to go back to the languages piece because I'm listening to this. And when I was in Calabria, you know, I'm listening to these people talk, and there are times where I'm like, I have no idea what they're saying. They could be telling me to go jump off a bridge. I have no idea. So I'm watching this show, and I appreciate the subtitles. Um, but mm-hmm. capturing the languages, you know, how, how you know, how was that uh, as far as, um, you know, I'm assuming you've interviewed other people. Was there any issue with languages and dialect, and how did you interpret that? I'm just, I'm just curious like, what your thoughts were on that compared to, you know, more what people call traditional, you know, more formal Italian, the, the, the what do you call Fiorent, Florentine or whatever they call it, you know, from, you know, traditionally yeah. Italian comes from Florence, as oh. they say, right? So thoughts, yeah. Pete, go for it. Well, you know, I guess I'll, I'll start by saying I didn't realize there was any other kind of dialect than, than Calabrese, you know, uh, <laughs> until I got into high school and I took two years of Italian. I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> you know, Buongiorno, we, what? We, yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and, and so, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I'm like, this is not how we speak at the, at the dinner table. The funny thing is, uh, Pete Marsico from Aspenwall uh, is related to my my father my late father and, and uh so i all the italian kids you know in in sharpsburg asmall you know blonhawks that whole area that uh, we went to school together they they all took italian class from him and uh you know it was kind of the same thing I mean, we had to learn you know we had to learn uh learn it fluently you know and properly and 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 um i tell you what if i didn't do well on a test I mean, he would call my parents and like, you know, Pete's not doing too good. How can he not do too good? And, you know, he's, he's speaking Italian since the day he was born, you know. And it's totally, it is, it is totally different, you know, and, and uh, totally different dialect. And like you said, different regions have different dialects. And um, I'm glad I had that experience. I'm glad uh, somebody with that knowledge, you know, taught me that. So, you know, I can understand it. Um, maybe not speak it fluently but uh like i said i you know until i got to high school and took those classes i thought everybody spoke calabrese you know that was italian to us you know <laughs> and and you know and, and because i i would understand i would listen understand speak it to to people in the neighborhood to my friends you know parents and grandparents and whatever it, it, because that was italian you know to us so um yeah it's it's a really interesting kind of uh dynamic with the with the uh, all the dialects in in Italy, and you know what, Peter? I think it's simpler. I, I think the Calabrese? Calabrese. I think it's much simpler oh, yeah. than the than really? my aunt in the north. Oh my God, that, that's, uh, that's I, I would agree. But you yeah. can't. But you can't. The problem is you can't. Like I can't find a book learn Calabrese. No, no. But I'm saying it, it would be better if it was. Uh, It'd be a lot easier to pick up and to learn. The, oh well, well, from people that are actually speaking yeah. it. Oh, oh my yeah, God. absolutely. Now, Pete, when you look over the when you watch the documentary is there a piece or three that just gets you every time emotionally um you know there's there's a couple yeah you know um i would say uh there's there's um 
well, there's there's Sal um, in in the third act that near the end, Sal Patitucci, and he gets to hear somebody from his past, and um, you know becomes pretty emotional on 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 film, and uh, that that kind of you know that really stood out to me. But um, there's also someone that I we don't know who she really was, but um, my mom kind of has an idea of some of her relatives, but she goes and she's dying. And she's literally on her deathbed, and she's leaving her last messages on tape to uh, her brother in America. And um, it's just, yeah, it's really uh, emotional right there. And I thought that was uh, that was, you know, one of the, the pinnacles of, of the film in terms of you know the uh, emotional um, draw from from you know what we had put together and. And that was all natural stuff. I mean, you know, I mean, like I said, we just let them tell their story. Like they had no idea they were going to be in a film and going to be on Channel 22 on Saturday. <laughs> but you know, 50 years, 55 years or whatever from from when they recorded that, you know. But um, it's just you know, it's it's human nature is is really what um, you know. Uh, I think is is the most special part of um, any story, you know. Sure. Well, and. Um, you know, and that certainly uh, there was a, a lot of authentic, uh, you know, emotion and in, uh, in a lot of that. And there's funny parts, too. I, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. And some of the messages that people left uh, were just hilarious, you know, and some of them would get together and, and you know, with with other people. They, and they'd, they'd, they'd hear that my uh, my dad was doing this. So they would invite people from the neighborhood over and they would want to record their messages for their friends, you know, and, and we do. You know, we, we talked to, uh, or he talked to some people that uh, just left some really, uh, you know, comical uh, <laughs> messages for the relatives in Italy. So, sure. um, but, the, and the other thing was, you know, it, it, it's it's a story also to some degree about my family. I had to set it up to under for the viewer to understand what was happening, you know. So, um, one of the things was, you know, it was at a time, you know, my parents were, growing up during the war world war ii you know and, and they were little they were small uh children but my mom still has a vivid you know something traumatic and that's usually the things that stick in your mind you know over the, over the course of a lifetime but um you know during world war ii she goes into detail about how you know her um her you know uh, father uh would uh, her grandfather would um, bring people up into the mountains to escape you know, the uh, bombings, you know, uh, and, and so that was kind of emotional, you know, just uh, from a standpoint, of, you know, it's my own, my own family, sure. you know, and as kids, they were, they were hiding in up in the mountains, you know, and living off of water and homemade bread, you know. So. Well, you know, it's funny because that was one, I think it was last week we talked about this. We were uh, interviewing Mark Pasquale and we were mm -hmm. talking about immigration <clears throat> and we, uh -huh. you know, a lot of people don't, they just don't understand where a lot of these people are coming from. They don't understand the dues that they've paid. And what's happened now, and this is a little bit of a soapbox, but, but what's happened now is people just don't appreciate what they've got because they didn't have to go through something like that. But when you capture that, and maybe right. maybe it opens up some people's eyes and go, whoa, I didn't know that. Like, yeah. Like, these people didn't just walk mm -hmm. over and, like, you know, everybody thinks. See, when you go to Italy now, I try and go every year. When you go now, you say, oh, it's beautiful. I want to go get some, go sit at the cafe, have some coffee, look at the fountain. You know, 100 years ago, you weren't doing that. You know, the rich might have been no. doing that. But people weren't just sitting at the cafe sipping coffee like it is now. So it's easy to say, oh, it's a beautiful right. country. And it was beautiful. It's always been beautiful. But but it was very selective for who it was beautiful for because if you didn't have money, 
you're out in the right, and that's something people don't know. They go out in the rice fields, you know, or they're out in the mines, or they're wherever they're working to make a buck because it was a poor country, oh, yeah. and it still is a kind of a poor country, especially in the South to this day. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and we talked to people there that, uh, again, they're leaving messages saying, yeah, I got to go to, uh, you know, uh, north, you know, up north because that's where a job is. You know, I'm going to be doing some construction, you know, and, um, yeah, I mean, you, you, you really get an understanding of the sacrifices they made and, and how, how well we have it here. You know, I mean, you know, things can get tough, but, um, you know, you're not having to, you know, my, my, my mom's, uh, grandfather would, you know, have to leave for, you know, 10 months of the year and, and, you know, uh, work somewhere and then, you know, come back and see the family for two months, you know, because that's where the work was, you know, or, or, you know, coming to America, you know, they, they were migrant, both sides of my mom and dad's, you know, they were migrant workers. And I go into that, you know, they worked right. at Heinz in the fields, you know, and then earn enough money and then they would go back, you know, and in fact, my, uh, my grandmother on my, my dad's side was actually born in America. She's she was a U.S. citizen because she was born in America on one of those trips, you know. Uh, so she was born on uh, American soil. So she uh, was a uh, you know a right, natural, uh, born citizen. Yeah. Another thing you you also touch upon is you you talked about like how easy it is now to stay in touch with folks through cell phones. So on a fun fact, my wife is actually from the Philippines. We got married back in the nineties believe it or not, before cell phones were as commonplace as they were. So yeah. I, I actually remember the time when it was like, we have to try and make a phone call. And I remember us having to call a little store on the because he's from a poor area. Again, there's still yeah. places like that in America, or till recently, and there still are, I'm sorry, in the world, there are still places like that in the world. And we would have to call a corner store and they would go get her mother to talk on the phone. Well, now, you know, yeah. they've got cell phones, so now they <laughs> FaceTime each other. Right. But what I'm curious yeah. is, you know, because you, you brought that up. Like now, you can if you if you are a migrant, you can still stay in touch with the family. It's just different. And by the way, um, when I was in Calabria meeting my family for the first time last year, one of the sisters uh, and they were they were older um, because this was three of my my grandmother's aunts actually stayed behind in the town. Her father came to America with his brother, and the three sisters had to stay there and work. And then they stayed and had family. Well, he died before World War II, so contact was gone. It's not again. It's not like today. And you talk about that in the film, or you know, in the documentary about communication. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to get your thoughts. Do you do you think there is something? I don't know what the right word is, but something kind of special between, say, an old letter or an old recording versus staying in touch via, you know, just talking on the cell phone. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because I thought listening to those voices, there, I don't know, there was just something. I don't want to say magical, but there, there was something about that that just it just grabbed me. I don't know why. I just really liked it. I'm, your thoughts? I'm curious. Um. Yeah, you know, the old forms of communication, I, I, I think, actually are, I don't know, offers more substance in them, you know, because they know, you know, you have, um, you just, you know, they didn't take it for granted, you know, like we do, I think, today. You know, you send a text off, boom, it's done, you know, everything is, uh, you know, just uh, by the seat of your pants, right. whereas back then... You know, you had to sit down, you know, gather your thoughts, pull out a piece of paper, pull out a pen, write it, send it. You know, it would take time to get there, you know, um, and, and then they would, uh, on the receiving side, do the same, you know. And um, so I, I think, um, yeah, I, I, it all comes down to I think we just tend to and it's, you know, we're all it's just 
you know, human nature, but um, we, we take things for granted, you know, and um, back then I don't think they did, you know, right. when it came to uh, communication and, and staying in touch with uh, with their loved ones, and, you know. And by the way, on, on a funny note, when I was doing my research to see if I defined my living relatives in Italy, um, it was mm-hmm. right in the beginning of COVID. I actually sent a letter in June and they didn't get the letter till March of the next year. So that was the year, I think, 21 to 20, 2021 to 2022. So, again, people listening yeah. don't understand. If you think the U.S. Postal Service and the Italian mail service are bad now, and they are. Yeah. They I Think yeah. about that 100 years ago where they're like on a donkey going through the hills, you know, to <laughs> San Pietro in Calabria. Right. I mean, it was, it was like you just put it. That's why yeah. I was surprised when, when you're, I think it's your mother. She's like, yeah, we used to get a letter every 10 days. I, I was kind of surprised at that, to be honest with you. Well, two people said that in the film that, you know, the service was actually better back then than it is now. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible, but I, but I, two different sources say that, you know, so, um, actually three, cause, uh, uh, Lou, uh, the, the fire department chief, uh, he, he would, he would communicate with, you know, postcards. He said, you know, so, um, yeah, it's bizarre. It's, you know, it's like the more technology we have, the sometimes, you know, the, the slower things get, maybe it's more red tape. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know what it is, but, uh, we need more uh, government, strange. Pete. We need more government. <laughs> yeah, Go ahead, Claudio, exactly. your turn. <laughs> I, I sent a friend of mine a uh, Christmas card a couple of years ago. It was John Candelaria of the Pirates, mm. and he called me up in March. He said, Claudio, I just got the Christmas card you sent in <laughs> the candy December. Man. <laughs> but um, uh-huh. what were some of the obstacles that you had to overcome, not just to write this uh, mm-hmm. documentary, but to have it aired? Because it wasn't easy, yeah. I'm sure. No, no. Um, you know, uh, so starting out, I knew I had a, you know, a small window to do it. I knew I had a limited budget. And it was COVID. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was trying to convince some of the, uh, well, it wasn't much convincing, quite honestly. They, they said, sure, sure. You know, but, uh, you know, we wanted to keep everybody safe. So going into people's homes and things like that, are they going to be, you know, marrying that, you know? Um, so, uh, you know, it, so there was that, but we got over that part of it pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, and everybody, uh, you know, um, gave their best uh, interviews I could get it uh, but you know it was the time frame was a big thing I did all those inter- well I did most of those interviews and and we uh, about three days um, and then a couple more straggling stragglers here and there um, but you know it was um, you know not having a lot of really uh, not having a long I, I, I relied a lot on uh, the, the film footage that you see a lot of the film footage was taken by my dad on super eight millimeter film. So there's that, you know, I had to fill in with some stock footage and of course I got all the interviews. So it was, you know, um, putting, putting that all together and, and, and trying to make it entertaining and visually, you know, uh, uh, appealing as well. Um, was, was a bit of a challenge uh, and I getting on, on TV, you know, that, uh, I, I, I just wanted to do whatever I could, to, to tell the story and, and have as many people see it as they could, especially in the Pittsburgh area. So, um, you know, I spoke to WQED, and uh, after reviewing it, they uh, really liked it, and they felt it was, um, you know, it, it, it did, uh, you know, affect a lot of people in, in the in the Pittsburgh area. Um, it was relevant to a lot of people, so uh, they aired it, and I was thrilled about that. That was really uh a great thing they did for, for, for you know, not just me, but for the uh, community the Italian community. Um, and so, uh, and from there, it's really, um, you know, starting uh, to, 
it was it started gaining more attention. Um, so I'm doing screenings, you know, I, it's, it's won some awards and film festivals, um, and different things like that. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, it's all just a, a bonus. And then, and then, you know, uh, working with W, uh, PNT channel 22, that's, you know, um, something that, uh, I, I pulled together with some of my resources in the TV business that, like I said, I've worked in for 32 years. So, um, and, and of course that none of that would be possible uh without my sponsors including you guys so i uh, you know i really appreciate it and uh you know uh hopefully you'll uh, get some very proud to do it pete, well. pete that is that is legitimately a very good documentary and i'm not just saying that i wouldn't you know cloudy and i wouldn't put our money out there if we didn't believe in it and for the folks that are listening if you have not seen this documentary i encourage you to watch this documentary it, whether it's not even about your family it's just about that capturing that moment in time that it's mm-hmm. gone, but I don't know. There's just something about it. Pete, you did a great job of almost bringing it back, bringing it to life again. Well, Steve, that, that's what I wanted to ask mm-hmm. next, or Pete, I'm not Steve. Um, what did you want the, list, the the viewers to get out of it? What, did you want them to be inspired? Um, you want them to maybe appreciate their past, or uh, what exactly was it that you wanted them to get out of the documentary? Um, you know, I, I guess I just wanted to tell the story of that so many of us share. You know, um, growing up in Sharpsburg, I, you know, uh, nine out of ten of my friends were were Italian, and, and you know, eight out of ten of them came from the same town in Italy. So, um, it, so it wasn't just for Sharpsburg or Aspenwall or, or even just for Pittsburgh. You know, I just wanted to show you know some of the sacrifices that you know um, you know Italian Americans went through. And, um, you know, how, how special it was of, uh, 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 you know, the, this mission that my dad went on and, and achieved, you know, and as he came over. And, you know, just, just uh, I wanted to show people, you know, that uh, the type of, type of people that, that we are as a whole, you know. I think, uh, you know, Italians are very loving and uh you know outgoing and and always willing to lend a hand and you see that you know throughout the theme of the film really is you know everybody helping each other when they came over from italy and then you know my dad doing this because he just wanted to keep you know the bonds uh you know the tight between the the, you know the old country and the new country you know and um and uh and then just everybody that you know uh, contributed to the film and and however they did i mean it was just again it's just all part of the same theme you know so i'm just i just feel so fortunate to be able to have i mean it's a dream come true for me you know this is a film this is a passion project yeah i mean it's you know i i never you know i kept saying someday 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 and um you know one of my favorite pittsburgh bands joe gashecki he has a song called (laughs) someday you know and (laughs) Uh, it's like today is someday, you know, just do it. And my wife was just like, she's the same way. She said, you know, you always talk about these ideas you have, you know, but you, you know, you got to really just go for it, you know? And I did. And the organizations that, that funded it, you know, and everybody that's, that's supported it along the way, uh, have just, you know, helped me, helped me to live this uh, little dream of mine. So I'm very appreciative of it. No, this is, um, this has been very great, uh, you know, uh, really good time uh, talking to you. And again, I can't say it enough. This is, it's a good documentary. Um, I'm just curious though, do you have any other projects you're working on right now? What's coming up next? Uh, you know, um, I've got some ideas, um, but uh, you know, it's a process. I think Claudio, you asked me earlier, you know, how much time, you know, the, like, the, 
the funding is really unless you're you know you're pretty well off and you could self fund uh, films. Uh, you know, it's it's a difficult kind of thing, and that and that's the first and foremost uh, what what a filmmaker usually works on. You know, is this this is viable? Is it gonna is it gonna pay for itself at the very least, let alone make any money? You know, so I again I was fortunate enough to get a grant, so that helped. Uh, but I, I do have some ideas. Some of them are tied to the uh, Italian American community. Uh, some of them are not. You know, but yet there's there's still tied to some cultural, you know, background historic. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Ken Burns, and I went to yeah, uh, one of the film festivals up in yeah, Gettysburg, and the guy's a master storyteller. And the people, you know, there's so many people behind the scenes. He's got a writer that really, you know, uh, he collaborates with, and the, uh, got two main uh, cinematographers. You know, so it's like, you know, can you put that can you put that dream team together, and can you fund it? And anything th- these days under a hundred thousand dollars is considered a small budget you know yeah. uh, that you know typically a hundred thousand dollars is and under is considered small budget so um you know it, it that that's really a filmmaker's you know biggest challenge is is you know getting that money together and then the story you know if you bring the right people together and and you have the time uh you can you can put it together so that's uh hopefully that's in the future hopefully that's not one of my some days so hopefully that's uh, you know sooner than later and that's what I'm hoping for. How has this project made the next project? How has it made you better, a director, writer, producer? Ah, that's a good question. Um, you know, one thing I learned was just to um, to let people tell their story, you know, and, and, and be a good listener, and then really listen to what they're saying when they're talking to you, you know. Um, I think I found that, you know, if you let people talk and, and you're generally in, interested in um, what they have to say, you know, you can, you can ask the right follow-up questions and get even more mm-hmm. from them, you know? And so, I mean, that, that's a big, that's a big part of it. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just getting them to open up and uh, which then helps helps the film to write itself and you just have to fill in the gaps you know and let them tell the story you know and so we have two uh facets here of, of people telling stories the people i interview well really three the people i interview uh the people on the tapes that you know telling the stories over 50 years ago and then myself filling in the gaps with uh some of the um you know some of the history and and, and uh, just setting the tone and everything like that but um, yeah, I, I think it's just you got to be a really good listener and, and really listen to in between the lines, and, and you know, and uh, you know, I, I I tend to just hire the best people I can to do what what they do. You know, I had a really good cinematographer um, uh, from uh, from Pittsburgh, and, and you know, had uh, some good uh, editors, um, you know, with the production house that I worked with, and um, you know, I. I, I you let them do what they do best and you just, um, and then, you know, you, you, you put your, your, uh, stamp on it. You sure. Know? And, and uh, leadership one one empower your people. Yeah, exactly. exactly. No, that's good. Pete, again, we want to thank you very much for taking time out of your schedule to join us today. And one more time for our listeners, when can they uh, catch the documentary this time? Cause I know you're looking to have it on again in May, but let's, let's and your website and your website. Yeah. Please give us some information for our listeners. So, uh, yeah, the website is ilmessagerodocumentary.com, and it has all the, informa- all the information about, you know, screenings, and, and you can order a DVD from there. 
uh, you can there's there's uh, links to screen it. Uh, you know, you can uh, stream it. I'm sorry, online. Um, and then of course it'll it'll tell you about uh, other other uh, places where it's going to be shown. But yeah, it's this Saturday at 11 a.m. on Channel 22, The Point. And uh, if you go to their website, you can um, you can see all the cable uh, channels where you can find the station. Awesome. Thanks, Pete. Again, appreciate you joining us. And for our listeners, on a funny note, um, Claudia, I'll have a com- Claudia, we have a commercial during the documentary. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. This will be my yeah. first commercial, Pete, by the way. And uh, my kid awesome. said... You guys did a great job. I appreciate <laughs> that. My kid said, Dad, where'd you get that jacket from? I said, what? <laughs> Apparently... Apparently, it's not in style anymore, so I will leave that to our <laughs> viewers to enjoy. I, I, was, I was almost expecting an email from you going, hey, uh, it's not bad, but uh, can you can you like maybe dub over the uh, you know the, the jacket or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you guys did a great job, and you get the message out there. And, and like I said, I appreciate you for supporting it. And, uh, you know, um, it, it, actually, it's going to be on, um, on, the, on the, my Facebook, uh, on the on the well the film's facebook page uh uh uh, today i guess so um but yeah you can you can uh, you know like it on facebook and you'll get to see you guys uh couple more times on there <laughs> awesome hey, again thanks pete and again it's worth the price of admission alone right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. folks if you're not gonna if you just want to see what we look like beyond the website please check out el messagero this weekend <laughs> wait for the commercials <laughs> and you'll see claudio and i on it again pete and uh, right. by the way and joe you always got to give a shot joe because you know what joe he drove us that day he was he, uh he put that commercial this, together yeah that. yeah he was doing great oh great i didn't know just <laughs> apparently you're supposed to just stand on some kind of tape on the floor i, I don't know i don't get it. it's way above my head um, um, again, we want to thank our folks for joining in tonight. Again, thank Pete Ferraro for uh, joining you, us. Fantastic interview, fantastic documentary. I cannot tell you that enough, Pete. You did a wonderful job on that. And we want to thank our listeners, as always, for jo- uh, you know for joining us. And, again, tune in again next week, same time. And remember, you can catch us streaming live on khbradio.com if you know you're going to be out of the area. And for those of you who enjoyed this interview or missed some of the other interviews, please, Claudia, what is that website? ItalianImpactWeekly.com. Thank you very much, sir. And as always, we're always looking for good guests. You know, Pete, one of the things we're trying to do is we're trying to capture people that want to tell their story on this show as well. So we encourage you and everyone that's listening, if you have someone that you think would make a great guest, and again, we, we want to hear people's stories because we believe in that effort is to capture the experience of people because I think one thing people really appreciate and you you said it Pete is being heard so if you have any thoughts any ideas if you have a great guest or just somebody you say you know talk to my aunt grandma you know she was in Italy during the war she probably got fantastic stories we want to hear them and you can email us at questions at italianimpactweekly.com Again, that's questions at italianimpactweekly.com. As always, Claudio, I will give you the final word, sir. Pete, thank you so much. It was great to have you on. Uh, We'll be in touch, I'm sure. Thank you to our great audience. Joe Hell, thank you. And as always, thank you to my wife, Linda, and daughter, Ida, and my parents, Olindo and Ida, from Calabria. 